0: City there in Florida so she's on the call let's get into it all right ladies and gentlemen this is coach ev as i like to call her and it's funny because my oldest boy's name is evan so i call him ev so <laughs> uh, she is coach ev and do you prefer to go by your maiden last name or your married last name as a coach
1: um well everybody here is coach evelyn to be honest with you i don't i live in the south so it's it's miss evelyn or mm-hmm. Coach Evelyn, but um, I've never really gone by as far as like coaching wise, it was either Coach Evelyn or Coach Del Hoya before I got married. But ever since I've been married, I've coached older girls, so it's always been a first name basis.
0: Okay, so awesome. So you guys have it. She's got a very long last name if you look at her on social. What is your Instagram handle, by the way? Uh,
1: emessenger13.
0: Oh, super simple. So if you guys wanna follow her, cause she drops a lot of content on her Instagram, um softball related she also is on facebook and i believe you have it hooked up to where you're posting both things or it's automatically Mm -hmm. coming out yeah i
1: try to at least there's some that i keep off my facebook simply because my facebook is followed by my family who's completely on the other side of the country scattered all over the place due to us being in the military but um so but most of my contact goes directly from instagram to facebook
0: awesome okay so follow her on instagram for all the softball stuff and yes she's a military family her husband is currently deployed right now and he will be back in october
1: so we're hoping for, okay,
0: we're hoping for. So all my praying people out there we're gonna lift up coach evelyn and her family as well as her husband that everything works out as well as other military families who are supposed to be coming home in october So I know she's out there working hard. If you guys follow her on Instagram, you're going to see her like literally moving plates. She's big into lifting, (laughs) CrossFit. Um, The chick is buff. What can I say? And that's another connection, not just softball that Coach Evelyn and I share is we like to lift weights. We like to move heavy things. We like to Mm -hmm. walk. We don't like to run. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, but enough of that, um, she mentioned that she's scattered clear across the other side of the country. And that's going to bring me back to where it all started. So I'm going to give coach Ev the platform to talk about like <laughs> where she's from. And she's going to talk about where she's from, played high school ball, travel ball, where she played college ball. And you guys are going to love it. The international level of playing that she did. So she's going to share that with us quickly here. So
1: here we go. <laughs> all right. So like she said, my name is Evelyn Messenger. I'm born and raised in what used to be Little Yuma, Arizona. But I went back this last uh, summer after being a hiatus from there for about seven years, and it's grown drastically by like three or four times since I've left. Um, born and raised there. Um, played high school ball at Yuma High School. I'm a Yuma criminal. Um, Travel ball, I was actually late to the travel ball scene. I didn't quite play year round. I was the kid that wanted my time. Um, My parents were um, agriculture workers, so I didn't have the, the ability to just go. And so it was when I got old enough to like start working uh, for myself and being able to pay like my dues and extra uniforms and gas money. Um, then it was, you know, trips to Tucson. Where I played let's, the-
0: let's put that on replay. You got a job like a side hustle to pay for your softball dues and your uniform and all the jazz.
1: Yes, ma'am. And my equipment, because like I said, my parents were field workers. They picked lettuce seasonally. And I just, we were not a very, I can't say we weren't well off. We had what we needed, but we definitely didn't have all the things. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like a lot of what we did for extracurriculars, it took care of the physicals, it took care of like gloves, cleats, but anything outside of that you know, I had to help with, which I was, you know, grateful that I was able to have what I had. But, you know, when you get to a point of competitive ball, there's, it gets expensive and it gets expensive really, really fast. So I had to do what I had to do if I really wanted to continue to play the sport. I love that. I mean,
0: I don't know about you guys as parents, but I like hearing the backstory on coaches because it tells me a lot about their work ethic. So you're going to want to lean into this because this is another reason Mm -hmm. why coach Evan and I, connect so much is our backstories. We have a lot of work ethic from how we were raised and what we had to go through to bring us to where mm-hmm. we're at. So on the travel team, we played in Tucson.
1: Mm-hmm. Where were
0: you called? What was your travel team?
1: So I got to play, I don't know if they're still around, um, the cats, the Tucson cats, they might be the Arizona cats now, but once upon a time, they were the Tucson cats. Awesome. Um, and so I played for them for like two falls. It wasn't even like a full, I played two fall ball seasons with them. Um, because my summers were my summers. I mean, it was, I was a kid. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. I worked so that I could have fun. And I did a lot of different style type of training in my summers. It wasn't like continued playing year round, year round. And I personally think that kept me, that kept me healthy. Because was a catcher year round catching would have killed me. Oh
0: yeah. And so I mean, what I, and, and- And something I love about you is tell me how tall you are again. I'm five, one she's five, one guys. And she's, she played at the international level as a catcher. So if your daughter is short, if you are an athlete and you're listening to this and you're on the shorter side, like do not put a ceiling on yourself. So that right there, like the fact that you didn't catch all year round and you stayed healthy that probably fed in to where you're at now as mm-hmm. an athlete, you're not even 40 yet. And you're still thriving. Like I feel like that too, is that work ethic foundation right there.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of piggyback on that and use somebody else as an example. Natalie Lugo picture at the university of Florida, five, four, and has one of the nastiest rise balls I have ever seen thrown in a game. And she'll she'll tear it up. She'll give you three tears. You know what I mean. And so, everybody that's got the the mentality of I've got to be a certain height to play D one that's a load of crap. I didn't play D one. I I had the opportunity, and you know, unfortunately, and I'll 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 own up to this one. Grade slipped. Opportunity fell. I had to go the hard route. I had to go JUCO. You know what I mean? I was He's a your- JUCO bandit. Yeah, I was a Juco bandit and I loved every minute of it because the grind was so so different the grind was so different like and so right I played at Yuma High from there I actually walked on at Pima Community College in Tucson I played and trained I never suited up though I'll, I'll definitely say this I'm, I never suited up because of the amazing coach that I had there, Stacey Iveson. She's a hall of famer now. Yep. She's a two-time national champion at the University of Arizona. Um, phenomenal coach. I got to train and work under her for a year and she straight up told me, I don't want you to suit up because I don't want you to lose a year. Not very many coaches are willing to do that.
0: Oh, but not many athletes are willing to do that today. Yeah, are you no, you Kidding me? Because sure. not- of
1: the portal now,
0: they're like, deuces, I'm jumping back yeah. in. Yeah.
1: That's so huge. I didn't suit up. I didn't right. suit up, and um, the catcher I was catching behind was 5'10". Uh, it's like David versus Goliath. Yes, ma'am, and she was a, <laughs> I, I was behind her for a reason, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was yeah, behind yeah. her for a reason. Uh, she was actually a U of A commit and decided that she wanted to do one year under Stacy, and then transfer out. Well, some other stuff happened, and uh... She ended up doing her second year there and Coach Addison came to me and was like, Look, I I helped you out by not letting you suit up this year because I didn't want you to lose a year. But Teeny staying, that was her name was Christina, and we called her mm-hmm. teeny because you know she was so small. So teeny tiny. Yeah. <laughs> so teeny tiny. She was like, teeny staying. And the only advice I could give you right now is either you stay behind and, and work in the bullpen or use what you know and go go take a spot somewhere down in the valley. She gave me three coaches. PC uh, with Coach Hines, uh Chandler Gilbert. Um, I can't remember who the coach was at Chandler Gilbert uh, Community College and South Mountain where uh, Coach Tony Mayo was there at the time. And South Mountain was in a rough spot, man. And I chose, the, I chose the rougher diamond. I had a chance to walk on at PC where I would split time with two other catchers. So it would have been like a three-way type and I was going to sit – in the middle, I wasn't going to be the starter, but I was stronger than the third catcher. Um, they had just come back from freaking winning a natty that year. So that would have been a, a sweet spot for me to come in because guess what? The next two years, they won national championships. But my heart pulled me to South Mountain Community College. Don't ask me why, right. but it did.
0: Yeah, like, I'm like, why? Because I know, like, I, I get that, but it's just funny because now, like, looking back, Mm-hmm. And the relationship that you have with South now, because like mm-hmm. that was another connection with me being able to coach there for the short duration that I did, mm-hmm. but getting to coach with Mata, Telesco, Stankiewicz, and even Gonzalez like that was the super squad. And now look at where oh, at.
1: masterminds of the
0: Juco like, yeah, like I'm like, thank you, Jesus, for putting me around them for the time that I was with them because. There was so many things that I saw and I learned like Mata, she cracked me up. And this is something that you and Mata have in common. Mata was a bullpen catcher at mm-hmm. ASU.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She never saw the field and she loved it. And that takes a different kind of athlete. And that's why I've always loved Mata is mm-hmm. she just has that different grit about her. And some people don't like it. And I'm like, Oh, whatever. Like, I like it. Like, mm-hmm. but she, I remember one day I literally heard her say, in and at her knees as she's calling pitches. And I've looked at her. So after the game, I was like, you gotta tell me like, you're literally telling the batter where you're gonna place it. And she looked at me and she goes, you think they're gonna make an adjustment? Boom. I'm like, that is why Mata is the way she is. Mm-hmm. She's like, be my guest. Let's go toe to toe. I dare you. I dare Let's you. go, exactly. And I'm just like, so I that was a big part of being able to coach with her. I mm-hmm. took that and I apply that to my girls in the travel ball world, and it's so funny because it does shock people's mind.
1: Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised catching a bullpen. You learn the game so differently.
0: She's I was a bullpen so catcher at,
1: at Pima. So, like I said, I didn't suit up, but when I was when I was down in, you know, I was there for every game, and um, I I was in the bullpen. You know, I was in my, pra- not my practice, but like the team, like travel uniform type, mm-hmm. the t-shirt sweats. Um, but I was in the pen and asked me where I learned to be a pitcher. Ask me where I learned to be a pitcher. Ask me where exactly I learned the mechanics. Yep. Ask me where I learned all the little things that make you a better pitcher in the bullpen. Yep. And not on the field. Hours and hours and hours listening, focusing to pitching coaches watching the pitchers make adjustments, having a task as a catcher, is she making the adjustment? Mm-hmm. What are you seeing out of her hand? Where is her chest at release? Where is her front shoulder at release? What's her backside doing at release? You know, there's just so many different things that just like my brain just like soaked in in those moments. Mm-hmm.
0: No, I, and that's huge because unless as a catcher, you allow yourself to soak that in, You miss Mm -hmm. the ship, like it Mm -hmm. will sail, but you have to be willing to grasp it. That's why like this summer, um, I was fortunate to come across a catcher who was out here for the summer. Her family lives out here and her uncle reached out and was like, Hey, she's doing lessons. She would like to get into the clinic world with you. She did her second round with Jen Schroeder's catching retreat Mm -hmm. and Brianna, we call her coach Bree but Gardener is her last name. She's at Grace College up in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And that girl, we did that pitching and catching clinic. And it was huge because she had never caught me before. But Mm -hmm. once I started throwing to her, I could see where she was at. And I was Mm -hmm. like, bro, like I would have loved to competed with you. Mm -hmm. She was watching everything I was doing. Like if I threw a drop and something was off, she knew what to say to me before Mm -hmm. I could even like, like, it was crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: if you're a catching coach and you're listening to this, you might want to have a side hustle as a pitching coach. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <just> kidding,
1: but... <laughs> or It's just so different. You just, you just like, see pictures from a different angle. It's just, we just, yeah. I don't know. It's a different focus back there, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I love it. It makes you more valuable, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, So, there, you're at South Mountain and
1: how did -hmm. that go oh rough yeah um I caught um 116 games holy crap so you went from not to 116 games that's I mean that's combining fall and spring seasons but um my dad passed away when I was there um (gasps) so my first year there was tough and then just going back and just working hard and getting at it um there's things I wish I would have done differently um, simply because I was a voice on the field but never a voice for myself. And so I was stuck in a position and I'm gonna use the word stuck like very take it like face value. It's not like I couldn't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but it's not that I couldn't go anywhere, it was more of if I went, I was leaving my girls. I was leaving the team that I've been working with all, you know. And so I was just stuck in a situation with a coaching staff who was not very um, understanding of the evolution of the game. So my coach at the time, super knowledgeable dude, but very sick in his ways. Um, he played professional baseball at the New York Mets. Um, he played men's fast pitch. Um, under, he was a pitcher for men's fast pitch. Uh, overseas he played in Australia he played in Japan he played all over the place but when it came to the evolutionary side of the sport it was a my way or no way type situation yeah. and and not saying that he wasn't a good coach I just feel like there could have been so many different adjustments that we made you explain to me why we were a, a piddly old like 6 and 20 midway through the season and we're hanging we've got Pima who is the defending national champion Against Stacey Iverson, a team that I straight up told them I could pick apart. I, I'm like, Coach, we can't do this. Um, Pass the third inning. We can't. They're gonna. We either need to switch pitchers up, or we are up six to one. Mm-hmm. I was like, We either need to switch pitchers up, or we just need to change sequencing because they're they're picking it up. Yeah. And his response was like, Let me call the game. Ew, I
0: hate that. And you know what's and funny? So, I'm just gonna side note. When I have said that, I have only heard that from a male coach. I've never oh yeah, absolutely heard that from a female coach. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, like what do you see Like let's work together.
1: Like mm-hmm. like hmm. And and guess what? We ended up losing it to six. Oh yeah, it was close. Mm hmm. Six to so, one going into the fourth inning, and there's so many things. There's so many things that we could have done differently, and because the lack I don't say the lack of but the it really was it really was the the lack of wanting to see a different perspective or a different side of the sport or the game from a person who's played it which is even crazier at the highest levels just let me call you you know what I mean so but my experience there wasn't a bad experience it was a huge learning experience I went from a program at Yuma High where we would come into the Phoenix area and I mean, we were in the metro um, region and we were just, like, demolished. And my senior year, we got to, like, the quarterfinals of state. Ended up losing to... I remember this till the day I die because, you know, you remember your last game. Yeah. And we lost to... Oh, gosh. It was was a Centennial out of Scottsdale. Um, And it's just, you know, one of those things was such a close game and we lost by one run. and It was just brutal to, like, go out that way. But... Um, Going from a program where I had a female coach who was a former college softball player with a male coach who had former collegiate softball coaching experience under his belt. um, Surrounded by girls who worked, worked so hard. Going to a college program where the girls worked just as hard, if not harder, but not having The leadership that we needed Hmm. to push us past that was hard. There was expectation for us, but never the expectation for the leadership, for the coaching staff. So, yeah. um, It's that old saying
0: humility versus ego. Mm
1: -hmm. No, we have no room in it. We have no room for it in the sport. I know it's a, this is the most unforgiving sport you could play in your life. Yep. That's true. I mean,
0: I think baseball is the same way. It's just Mm -hmm. like, there's more money that that was one thing. Like if you go back, um, my old YouTube channel, I do have Mata as a guest. And and Mm -hmm. that was one thing that she and I were very passionate about is like softball is not where it should be because we don't have baseball money. Mm -mm. We need need baseball money. So like all these new rules that are changing with pitching, you know, people reach out to me like, Hey, it's happening. You and I have talked about it and I'm like, yeah, it's going to take five years of documented, if any injuries to show the basic knowledge, which you and I feel very passionate about. Mm -hmm. We are women. We have Mm -hmm. hips that fluctuate because we have babies
1: Mm-hmm. We are not
0: dudes. Mm-hmm. Like we are biomechanically built differently. So Absolutely. it's it's going to take time. Uh-huh. There's gonna be a lot of phenomenal softball players whose dreams are gonna get shattered because of this mm-hmm. rule change. Mm-hmm. Because the physicality part of the game is gonna break them. Yep. Um, that's why I just I won't teach it. If you come to me and that's what you do, like I honestly I don't attract those clients. So mm-hmm. I don't really know what I would do. But if somebody was like, can you teach me how to do that? I'm like, no. Yeah. Like it's not You know what
1: the crazy the, the crazier part is not just that our bodies, our hips are meant to do monthly, every single month. We soft every single month. Our ligaments, our tendons, in our hips, in our knees, our are old rubber bands. They get soft. They yank longer than they should. There's more reflection to them. We're hypermobile beyond words during that time. We may not feel it in the moment because we feel miserable, but our bodies, the pains and the aches that we feel is because our body is losing so much.
0: Oh yeah. Like I remember having this conversation with my husband about our daughter when she started lifting.
1: Mm -hmm. I was like,
0: when it's like her time, like she has to be super knowledgeable. I don't want her PRing. I don't Mm -hmm. want her raising the weight like she's going to stay at what she was doing the week before because Mm -hmm. it increases your chance of injury. And I don't think a lot of coaches know that. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think the coaches that, like, kind of we follow and we've created, like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the foot doctor, is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that guy puts out so much knowledge. And Mm -hmm. I think he's very, like. In tune with the female athlete for being a dude,
1: and you know what's crazy is his knowledge isn't anything other than movement. How does your he body knows. move? how How is your body made to move? How are your joints made to move? My finger is not meant to go past that, right. right? Nor is it meant to go this way, nor is it meant to go that way. My finger is meant to go this way.
0: Mm-hmm. So why
1: should I force my lower extremities to do something different than they are meant to do? while bearing a hundred percent of my weight. The, oh, he, he's, he's, he's so knowledgeable. I love watching his stuff. I love it. He dropped a video the
0: other day. It was probably like two weeks ago of some of his pictures pitching live and it was the motion of just loading and going.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm like, Oh, this just, this seems to go viral. Like people need to understand that they don't mm-hmm. need a toe lift because yes, I have a couple of pictures that do it, Mm -hmm. but they came to me as a toe lifter, but they would prematurely open. So their whole backside. So we take Mm -hmm. it out, we put them back on the balls of their feet and then I test the waters and I'm like, and this is usually like a four to five week, you know, if they're working hard at it, we'll Mm -hmm. test the waters and I'll say lift your toe and they'll lift their toe and they go straight into that toes
1: down. Mm -hmm. And I'm
0: like, Oh my gosh, you did it. You completely reset your Mm mechanics. So, but what happens is we get these little girls, I see these big girls doing the toe lift and they cohere, open, and then they get to the 11 and 12,
1: they mm-hmm. hit a wall
0: in their speed. And they're like, I want to be faster. Well, you're not going to get faster because
1: I'm You're 11 and 12. your body down.
0: Yeah. But here's, here's the thing that I love. I love to pick like people's brains is like you and I will see video of D1 players. They'll have like a split second of a broken ankle. And people will justify their 12-year-old's mechanics because of a split
1: second. <laughs> well pair. odds are odds are their 12-year-old hasn't started puberty. Um, they're not lifting weights, they are growing or going through a growth spurt, they are not at max growth <gasps> physically or mentally. You cannot compare a grown adult's body structure and muscular strength to get out of that to a 12 year old who just is expecting it to happen. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm like, whoa, 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 no, your daughter needs to learn how to move mm-hmm. in her body. Not hundred percent. Sally's body. Like she's six foot, your daughter's five, five, like we've got to work with what she's got. Mm-hmm. And if you can't handle that, then you should have thought about having kids. Cause yep. you've got to be present with your kid the whole time. You talk about growth spurts. Yeah. Gross birds are gnarly. Gross birds will cause a parent to be like, Oh, we're going to go to another pitching coach. Oh, we're going to go to another coach. You're not, Mm -hmm. you're not doing this for my daughter. Uh, bro. Did you check her pant line? Look at Mm -hmm. your daughter's ankles.
1: You have to retrain movement. You have to teach them timing all over again. Mm -hmm. They have to remember that growth means it's going to take a little bit longer for things to finish. Yeah. I mean, this is the body won't catch up until you teach it to catch back up,
0: but I and that needs to be more focused like mm-hmm. and that's that's why I have like long term clients, you know, like I right. Donna Baca, she's been with me since she was eight. She's gonna be eighteen Like mm-hmm. she's in her senior year. There's a reason why she's still with me. Mm-hmm. Not only have I been patient with her, but her parents have been patient with her. Mhm you know and now she's like this is the first year after um a couple weeks off going into fall ball yeah mm-hmm. we, we have no negative mechanics this is the first year so as her coach i'm like sister you are stronger you are grow mm-hmm. like this is like you're 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 getting to that point where you've grown but now we get to get
1: stronger mm-hmm. so That's what i tell the girls my job isn't to is it to be here long-term to correct you on the same mechanics over and over and over, over and again. over and over again so if you think it's my hard, imagine how hard it is for us to correct it over yeah <laughs> and over again I always tell them my job is to eventually not see you come through that door once or twice a week I don't want you to come through that door twice a week for the rest of your career no once a and week parents is- look, they, they look at me like huh <laughs> I'm like that doesn't make sense because that's my job. I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a pitching coach. I'm, you know, I, I'm booked out weeks out, you know, so people get in, they get in and then someone would try to book out twice, you know, and I'm like, no, I don't. Yes. Me not seeing you twice a week. One less lesson a week is less money in my pocket, but that's not the goal here. The goal here is to create positive movement habits and self-awareness of what your body is doing right and what your body is doing wrong and teach you how to correct it in the moment without me being in your ear the whole time. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, like that's what your parents are there for. Mm -hmm. Parents can be in your ear. Like it goes back to being disciplined. And again, that's why Mm -hmm. like as a parent, if you're listening to this and you're looking for an instructor, don't be so shy to not ask the person that you're hiring to work so many hours a month with your kid, Mm -hmm. like what their background is. What adversity have you faced? Cause mm-hmm. like, I didn't know this about your dad in your first year at South. I had no mm-hmm. idea, but here's the big picture. If you hadn't have had your disciplinary, like your non-negotiable set
1: up, mm-hmm. you
0: probably wouldn't have made it through that year.
1: Which I probably is, wouldn't have even come back.
0: It was, yeah. it was early in the season. It was Labor Day weekend. But that's what I'm saying. Like we as coaches are giving these girls Daily non-negotiable, drill work, things mm-hmm. they are doing and should be doing. So when they do hit that growth spurt or they hit a funk, a peak in a valley, mm-hmm. they're going to continue to show up, continue to show up, and then boom, they're still here. Mm-hmm. They're thriving.
1: And I just want to say in this sport, there's so many more valleys than there are peaks. <laughs> Always. So many more valleys than there are peaks. And this simply, it's a, simply it's a sport of failure 70% of the time.
0: I mean, it's like literally they did. They did the study. It is like the hardest thing to do. And if we're just talking about hitting, to hit and flying a ball with a stick, Mm
1: -hmm. a cylinder, a sphere with a cylinder. It's not even like a flat object. It is a cylindrical object with weight hitting a sphere while moving at it. Like science tells you, it should only go up. You know what I'm saying? Like, but.
0: But yet, we are trained to help athletes get through the ball mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and know where. Like, I love the fact that my kid, my daughter, and I know I love sending you video of her, like, look what Mars did today, you know, and you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. a fan. And she's like, put me on a plane, I'll go play with Coach Ev any day. Right she's, now,
1: I got extra room <laughs> right now. Let's go. That's why I
0: told her, I was like, she's got an extra room. She's like, you really let me go. And I'm like, 100%. Yeah. I'm like, she's one of those people that I want in your life because she's lived that life. She sees your big picture. She still sees her big picture. Like, that's what I want. But the fact that she, I was listening to her educate some of her teammates the other night. Cause they were like, so on an inside fastball, I need to be quicker. Right. And she's like, well, it depends on where you want to hit it. And the other girl was like, what? And she was like, well, if you're trying to go oppo, like if it's a situational thing where your winning run is on third where should you hit it and she's like awesome way and she's like yeah so what you have to do is you have to bring your hands like she was like
1: it was keep them inside longer
0: (laughs) yeah she's like keep them inside longer don't be so quick because then you're just gonna hit it straight down the third base line giving that third base a chance that that third Mm -hmm, baseman to make the play yeah Mm -hmm. like
1: no that's so awesome
0: and I was like man I can hear you right now so yeah, and that's, like, the mentality. Like, we haven't even talked about how hard it is to hit, you know, with a good mentality. You can't bring mm-hmm. a crappy day into your box. You can't bring a crappy day into the mound. You just can't bring a crappy day past the chalk line.
1: Leave, leave it at the gate, man. You know you're supposed to bring it on.
0: Leave it at the 100%. gate. 100%. So, let's talk more about after college. What so, after
1: college, I got to play international ball. So, um, you went two years to
0: what mm-hmm. after That's that?
1: That's it. I went straight international ball. I, oh. I finished after two years JUCO. I, I didn't know that I had the chance to play D one ball. Um, okay. Because everything, when you're in the JUCO level, everything goes to your college coach. It doesn't go to you. So once you're bound, well, I don't know if it's changed now, but then if you're bound to NJCAA contract or the letter of intent, you cannot, they have to go to your coach before they go to you. Well, I didn't know that they had been going to my coach until like that following fall he's like you just fell off this summer and I was like man I went home you know I was you know I wasn't far I was in Yuma but from Phoenix but he was like I had some letters in the office for you one of the days I came back I'm like hello so I had um NC State um for an invite and I had Boston College on their inaugural season for an invite um oh for a visit but I mean I, would I have gone probably not um my the wound of my dad passing away was fresh my mom was going through a really bad spot. So my, my job was to come home, you know. Um, I came home and one of my old high school teammates who played two years at Arizona Western was like, she was done as well. She goes, hey, um, there's a team down south of the border that's looking for a pitcher and catcher. Are you down? I was like, Psh. that was my pitcher in high school. I uh-huh. could call games like this <laughs> and she would throw it. And so I was like, let's go. We get down there, man. These, and, and then it was a combination of, of of women in their 20s and 30s right um some who you could tell had like slow pitch experience at least right there the teams were played locally and former collegiate ball players but boy the further down we got towards tucson or the further down we got towards san diego tj area it was like playing college ball again you oh, know what man. i'm saying like a lot of these girls that finished playing ball um that were that were most of us that were from border towns obviously but we went home and had another opportunity to continue playing. That's so cool. And while we didn't get a paycheck, they paid for our food. They paid for our travel. They took you care of our You guys were royalty. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good time. And then, so I did two years there. Um, then I got married. I had kids. My husband joined the Navy. Um, and we ended up in Spain. In that time, I, had, I was still coaching. At that time, I had returned back to Yuma High to coach. Um, my coach from Yuma High moved over to Boulder Creek in Anthem. Mm-hmm. I would go up to Boulder Creek and do some camps with her. I would coach her summer team with her. Um, so I was still in touch with her. She's still one of my greatest mentors till this day. Um, she's back in Utah now, um, but uh, I still I was I was coaching. And then we I, we moved to Pensacola. We were there for a short period. Um, Not long enough for me to kind of figure out what the softball scene was like. But then when we got to Virginia and I realized um, in the area, Hampton Roads area, Virginia Beach, Norfolk area, excuse me, um, travel Ball was fresh. It was young, mostly because it's a military town. So not very many kids stick around. You know, everybody's three years and at least not in my experience, but most people's experience. If you're stationed at Nor- Norfolk Naval Station, you don't want to do more than you need to there. Mm-hmm. it's big navy too many politics everybody wants to get out but um so i had three four five girls i think that i would go do lessons with okay. and i kid you not this was in the craigslist days like i posted a thing on craigslist because my friend's daughter was like you should do lessons and they came about and <laughs> one saturday <laughs> I said, oh, I I
0: have, we have to like give a shout out to all these kids that have no idea what craigslist <laughs> craigslist was was it before myspace um, I or was, it- no, it was right around MySpace. Around yeah, the same time? Yeah. So they, they've heard of MySpace if their parents are in their. I hope their they've family.
1: heard of MySpace.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> Craigslist now is like, basically, you just, the kids make jokes about it.
1: Like. It's like it's- Facebook Marketplace, right? But now you have a face to everything. Yep. Then you had to like post an ad. And yep. I would say it's like the newspaper, but then they'd look at us like, huh? So. But yeah, Craigslist is, <laughs> I posted an ad. I'm a former collegiate ball player. These are the kind of lessons I do. Reach out to me if you want lessons. And within the first two weeks, i had five goals. And I was like, oh, this is all I need to take right now. I didn't want any more. It was something really to pass the time, have a little bit of extra spending money, and stay involved in the sport. Um, so I started there. And then I got to um, coach travel ball there for a team out of Virginia Beach. It was a small. Um, it was a Little League team that was way too good for little league Mm -hmm. but didn't have and and this is where for me the pureness of the sport was beautiful they were way too good for little league the girls were amazing ball players but they didn't have the coaches confident enough to jump into the travel scene so they looked for coaches to do that and so me and another girl were like hey you know i i reached out to them and they're like well can you come in today uh, to talk to the guy who leads the current little league team and, and like kind of meet with the parents and then the other girl showed up and we coached them for like a a summer a fall and a partial spring and then i got shipped then we got shipped out to spain but so um but yes yeah, so. i'm gonna pause
0: because i know some parents are gonna hear this and then be like way too good for little league like what does that even mean okay like- so you and I know, but and we don't mean <laughs> so, any disrespect to Little League. So, if no, it's no, no, just, no, not at you all. Little League, like board people, anybody who's listening, we're not disrespecting Little League. We, I, I—that's actually where I first started coaching
1: was Little League. So. Right, and I, I, I coached I, I coached Little League and Red Ball. You know, that was my first taste of coaching yeah. outside of the high school level. When I say too good for Little League, I'm not saying um, that Little League doesn't hold a super huge important part of our sport i think Little League softball um did so many amazing things and i wish they continued to stay in our communities
0: well they created um, the travel ball scene like yes. let's be honest
1: yeah so, so what was happening in that sense there was everybody was in a hurry this was about eight years ago ish mm-hmm. everybody was in a hurry to go play travel ball Mm-hmm. and the parks were no longer but this group of girls wanted to continue to play little league because they had aspirations to play in like the little league world series but they realized that they were not getting the competition anymore um in the parks because nobody wanted to play in the parks um everybody was in a hurry to go play club ball. you know fomo yeah. right yep, FOMO. and so um they wanted to take that next step to go play um, travel ball a little more competitive ball because as one of the girls and I'll I'll never forget what she told me, she goes, I love playing park ball. This is where I get to see my friends. I see them more than one weekend a month. She played travel ball in Texas, but they moved there because of the military. And she's like, but I love doing it because this is where I get to see my sisters, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was like, but this is really, really hard for those of us who have aspirations to play collegiate softball. Mm-hmm. to not be able to compete within our little league because they're just destroying everybody um but again they didn't have the coaches confident enough to take the leap because they didn't know what travel ball was right you know, travel ball. There was starting up um a lot of the girls that were leaving were leaving for like the arlington virginia area dc area where or they would go just south of the border to north carolina where travel ball was huge and um so again no disrespect to little league they just it's That's where, to me, is where I saw about eight years ago is where I saw uh, local rec leagues, Babe Ruth League, Little League, Cal Ripken, all of them start pulling away from their communities and um, not really um, putting back in to keep the league and keep the parks up and running, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, Um, it
0: does. It's like having a hole in your bucket and you expect to be full. mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and so now what we say, and I've had this conversation with you, and it's, again, nothing against um, the Little League side or the rec ball or the park ball side. Travel ball is not rec ball. Young travel ball. No offense to any of these parents. Right. If your kid is 10 you they have no business playing travel ball. They have no business playing five games in one day. None. If an 18U not- team has no business playing more than two games in a day. Our little ones, our 10-year-olds and 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds that are growing and their bodies are changing, have no business playing one-day tournaments where they're playing four to six games a week. I'm I, We've had this conversation. You and I are on the same page on this. If a full-grown collegiate athlete doesn't play more than two games in a day, why do we put our kids through it? I am the biggest vocal voice. I'm the biggest voice out here against one day tournaments and people here play around. It's Florida. It is hot. Yep. Why do you want to play one day tournaments? Why are you destroying you your kids?
0: 117 degrees. Like, That's I, what I'm saying. Like that makes no sense. Like we, we got girls catching that are wobbling. Mm-hmm. It's like they're hydrating. They're hydrating. <laughs> their body is starting to shut down mm-hmm. because they're they're done they're tapped out mm-hmm. so I, I think on the hotter seasons like let's cut it down let's 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 reorganize the tournaments like per regional areas of the united states mm-hmm. you know? let's do something to help them out versus make it harder on them
1: mm-hmm. so but I the, like the lack of of putting into the little leagues this is where i'm playing it together The lack of putting back into the little leagues is causing this. One hundred percent. Travel ball side.
0: Yep. Because now we have all these teams that think they want to go play travel ball because there's nothing in the little league or in the Mm record ball scene. So they're like, "Well, Mm -hmm. crap! Everybody's playing travel ball, so we're going to take brand new, ten new players, and we're going to dub them a travel team, and they don't, they don't know which way's up." Mm -mm. Like, I 100% agree with you. Like that. This is a really good place to shut it down because on our next this is going to be a two-parter folks on our next we knew
1: it though we knew that this yeah, was going to we be like, a two-part maybe even a three-part podcast because there's a lot there's and a lot we're so passionate about the little things that people don't bring to the surface
0: and because the little things have not been delegated and done correctly mm-hmm. not one way or the highway just done correctly mm-hmm. now we're in these weird places with youth Mm -hmm. sports in general a hundred percent so it's like can anybody just do what's right oh but wait what you think is right isn't what i think is right but your opinion Mm -hmm. is better than my opinion it's like come on guys there's a reason Mm -hmm. why there's rules like i mean we have a constitution of the united states are we gonna i mean i don't want to say anything but it's probably gonna start getting rewritten because yeah they'll ratify it a different way yeah they'll ratify it later so stupid. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Real quick, as we shut down part one, I'm going to give everybody a little teaser for part two. We're going to talk about high school versus travel ball and how the coach of either high school or travel can sometimes kill the experience for the athlete and parents. Your daughter's experience should be the front of everything you do in high school Mm -hmm. or travel ball. But as a coach's wife, I have seen dads and even moms of like baseball players like come at coaches on such a stupid level. Like I remember one year there was a dad that was like, "Why do you have my son playing center field when you got your assistant coach's son playing shortstop when my son is a shortstop?" You know what my husband's reply was, yeah. it's my job as a coach, especially at the high school level, right? Um, cause that's a lot like college. You are hired to win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He said, well, what I can see is your son does what's best for the team in center field. Mm-hmm. And yes, he can play short too, but right now this is how it's going to be that same dad, when his son laid down a bunt and that bunt, it was a squeeze bunt and that winning run was on third and we ended up mm-hmm. winning there was no congratulations coach, not that he coaches to look for it, but there was nothing but, why did you have my son bunt? He doesn't bunt.
1: You see the th- the, Here's the deal, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll finish with this before we shut down. Our job at that level is to put the best nine where they fit best.
0: Thank you. It's one giant puzzle, and we are at, we're at the helm of it. Yep. And, you know, my best friend took the high school I graduated from and she's a little younger than I am, but she took them the furthest they had ever been since 1983. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was the end of the year banquet and that was her mm-hmm. resignation. She gave her speech and said, so with that, I'm going to be stepping down because you guys obviously think you can do a better job.
1: Said, um, That's yep. awesome.
0: Good it was amazing. Me.
1: I'm proud of her. It was so
0: good. But one more thing, one more teaser. We're also going to talk about the recruiting process. like <laughs> Not just like the process, but like, does my kid need to play high school ball? Does my kid need to play travel ball in order to be seen by a college coach? hmm This is gonna
1: be a good one. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited for this one.
0: Real quick, before I go, shout out to my people. Rip
1: City. Rip
0: City. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, Rip City is owned by, what's his name? His name is Jared Brown. He's a former member of the Pittsburgh Pirates Organization, a freaking treasure trove of knowledge. The man is a gold miner. Yeah. Amazing. Like-
0: if I ever go out to Florida, I'm just, I'm gonna go meet him, obviously. But I'm gonna be like, can I run just a pop-up pitching clinic today?
1: And then I'm sure he'd let you too. So just let him <laughs> win. <away>. <laughs> <And laughs> first, you have to catch. We gotta get the pin. You gotta catch. Yes, him. we got. I gotta catch <laughs> your pin for sure.
0: That's awesome. All right, girl. Well, you guys stay tuned. Part one, this is gonna drop, and then part two will be a week behind. So you're gonna wanna make sure to subscribe, follow, like, and share this episode with a parent, a coach, or an athlete. So much knowledge is being dropped here, but the best way you can support the Calibee Podcast is to follow, subscribe, like, and share. And the big picture is, not only are you supporting the Calibee Podcast, but you're also supporting Coach Evelyn at Rib City with what she does for athletes, not only the kids she coaches on a weekly basis with instructions, better travel teams yep so, we would appreciate it very much so all right, all right girl. well thanks Sounds for being Good on. talking to you
1: baby yeah.
0: all right, Thank you. You all right. stay out of
1: that here. Yeah. okay <laughs> bye